This call is being recorded. Hi, welcome to the Royer Cooper uh, Opportunities Opportunity Zone update call for April 3rd, 2019. Um, thanks for making the time. Uh, we're joined today. The the panel will be my colleague Leila Vaughn, tax attorney here at Royer Cooper, who's been really busy in the Opportunity Zone space recently. And our guest is Mike McCann of MVM Associates. Um, a, a boutique firm who helps apply for and broker tax credits that often complement Opportunity Zone projects. Um, given that we're kind of still waiting for uh, Treasury um, to issue regulations that'll that'll really give us something to talk about in the Opportunity Zone space, we thought it would be a good opportunity to bring Mike in and talk about some other programs that are that are uh, you know both already in place and very complementary of Opportunity Zone projects. And uh, and you know hopefully help our our listeners in that respect. Um, as always, the email address if you have any questions is oz at rccblaw.com. That's oz at rccblaw.com. Uh, happy to have email questions during the program, and uh, and we'll try to respond to them. Um, without further ado, I will turn it over to Layla, and and her and Mike will take the program. Thanks a lot. Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. I was hoping you could start for us with a high-level overview of the credits and grants that you're helping clients apply for. Sure. So first, can you hear me, Layla? Can, yes. Okay. Okay. Because said, said you were, I was muted at one point. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. We, we unmuted you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm Mike McCann. I own MVM Associates. Uh, just on the April 1st, we celebrated our 22nd year in business, uh, so it's been a while. We Congratulations. As, uh, thank you very much. I wouldn't have known if LinkedIn didn't remind me, you know. But anyway, um, <laughs> we help companies identify uh, and manage uh, grants, tax credits, financial incentives from state, local, and federal programs. And it's primarily state programs are our, our forte, and more so. Uh, while I have a couple of companies that do things nationally here uh, with MBM Associates, we're in the suburban Philadelphia area we focus very heavily on Pennsylvania and New Jersey. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today. So the, the programs are, so in Pennsylvania, um, there are uh, enterprise zones and main streets uh, throughout the state, uh, several in the Philadelphia area, just to give you, you know, low, the lower Bucks County area, Norristown, uh, uh, Quakertown, Bethlehem, Easton, Redding, I could go on. Um, and uh, enterprise zones are a program where if you are um, purchasing or renovating a property, uh, you can get a tax credit uh, of 25% of that investment up to $500,000, and that $500,000 uh, is a transferable tax credit. So the the, uh, the applicant, if successful, can either utilize it for their own taxes or they can sell it for cash, which most do uh, with the LLCs. Um, there are also obviously our historic tax credits in Pennsylvania that mirror the federal historic program or uh, property related credits that, that are mixing with some of the opportunity zones. There are also tenant based credits uh, for locations that are in not specific opportunity zones, but they do cross over like Keystone Innovation Zone tax credits. Uh, those are for young technology companies uh, less than eight years old uh, to incentivize them to, to be in innovation zones. Uh, there's and there's research and development tax credits, which they're not directly related to the opportunity zones, but you know there are companies that are there. And, and basically, just to summarize, we are seeing some interest when people are coming to us with enterprise zone properties and saying, "Hey, what do you know about this opportunity zone?" You know, and these are you know projects in anywhere from the 
you know, one million to twenty million dollar range, maybe a little larger than that. Great, thank you. And you know, I understand that this may be the perfect time to be talking about the um, mm -hmm. state tax credits in Pennsylvania. Can you tell us a little bit more about why that is and what the time frame is? What what's happening now and what's coming up next? Sure. And then also, I forgot to add, add to New Jersey, the Grow New Jersey program, which I'm sure you folks have heard of, especially recently since we're having hearings, <laughs> hearings on the program. Yeah. But that's that's another one that's uh, that, that mixes in very well. And you are going to see more uh, crossover with whatever the new program is. But uh, to your question, Layla, um, in Pennsylvania, with the enterprise zones, it runs with the fiscal year. So it's uh, investments that are being made between July 1st and June 30th. And, and this year, obviously, July 1st of, of 2019 through June 30th of 2020, the project can be extended for up to two years, but the expenditures have to be within the qualified period. The application period is now. It opens up. Uh, it opened up on April 1st. There's a 90-day window. So if you do have projects, again, I'll, I'll get the maps out. I told Layla that it's a pretty fragmented system, the enterprise zones and Main Street maps, but I will get some maps to you guys of what are in this area and if there are some some projects, you know, certainly there, there are things you'd want to talk to your clients about and say, hey, did you know about this? Uh, so that's Great. the dates. And then with the other programs, uh, the, the, the Keystone Innovation Zone, the, the research and development, they are in uh, September, every year on September 15th. So. Okay. And what about the New Jersey program? Oh, I'm sorry. The New Jersey program. I keep forgetting about New Jersey. Poor New Jersey. So <laughs> New Jersey, what's happening is the GROW program is going to sunset uh, in July. So now they are talking about a new program, which will be a scaled down program. So I do anticipate there will be something new. They're saying they're going to modify it for, um, you know, so that it's also more beneficial for smaller projects that don't necessarily have as large of capital expenditures. But the bottom line is, if you do have a, a company that is looking at and, and grow again is for, you know, uh, commercial, industrial, uh, industrial more so than commercial. It's not a residential that's the ERG program, which has already expired. Uh, you need to get those applications in by July, and then you have up to four years to complete the project. Okay, so the, the fact that the project, the program is sunsetting soon is just for the deadline to apply. It's not, it, it's still, there's still some time left. That's correct, yep. Okay, that's correct. but not much. Not much. So, so the, the primary reason we're talking about this in the Opportunity Zone context is that I understand there is overlap. So to the extent that grants or credits are available based on specific geographic designated areas within a state, how much overlap are you seeing? Because I know you're somewhat familiar with the Opportunity Zone areas as yep. well. So yep. how much overlap are you seeing between the opportunity zone areas and the areas that are eligible for state credits to allow the sort of stacking that a savvy client might work on? The answer is I'm starting to hear about it more and more. So to give you some example, um, right now we have been approached to do one, two, three, four, five, about eight enterprise zones. So that's the Pennsylvania. So there's three programs, projects in Reading, one in Bethlehem, three, four, and then there's two more, I'm sorry, five, six right now in, in Bucks County. Five of those six companies have talked about the Opportunity Zone, you know, to me, said, hey, what do you know about this? In other words, so these are, you know, smaller guys, like I said, the smallest project's probably a million and a half, the largest one is, 
I don't know, there's one that's 25 million, there's one that might be 100 million. And so they're really just finding out about it. So these enterprise zone areas and main, not necessarily the main streets, but the enterprise zones that are in Pennsylvania are almost assuredly also in the areas that were designated as opportunity zones. So there's definitely crossover there. In New Jersey, similarly, uh, you know, while there's been a slowdown in project applications, you know, even though we're getting close to the, the deadline because of some of the issues that are going on over there with the, you know, investigations of the credits have kind of slowed down things. But prior to that, I was also hearing about similarly, you know, all of the things that were going on in Camden, which is a lot, we're certainly looking into the opportunity zone. So I would say in both states with the enterprise zone unquestionably, there's crossover and, and possibilities. And then with the um, grow, I think you need to just see what the new program is going to be and where it's going to target. But I would anticipate there'll be some crossover there as well. And is there a particular type of project that you're seeing um, in these zones that's, you know, that's most conducive to the overlap? You talked a little bit about um, tenant projects being more likely to be eligible for, um, was it the, yeah, it the, the enterprise, enterprise zone? Was it? Yeah, enterprise. The enterprise. Zone. Okay. Yep, they're tenant projects. And are there other are there other projects like are the real estate projects that are more likely to be eligible for other yep. state and local good, credits? Good question. So that are that what you said would be opportunity zone projects as well, right? So in yeah. in New Jersey again, we have in New Jersey. I think you have to wait and see what the new program under the grow as it existed. Every project would have potential that was in an opportunity zone because of the requirement of capital that's required in that program. I shouldn't say every program, but I would say, you know, certainly well over half the programs are investing enough money in capital expenditures uh, to maybe 75% that would meet the, the requirements. So it might be something for you folks to kind of consider, maybe if somebody is already on it, that these are ongoing projects. I don't know the rules like you guys do in the opportunity zones. But it might be worthwhile to go through. There is a Grow New Jersey activity list uh, that, that updates, you know, all the projects. And I think there's several hundred that were approved over the last bunch of years. So it might behoove somebody to maybe get that list and call and say, hey, you know, talk to people. I know, for example, my couple of clients in Camden, well, they're, a couple of them are done their projects, but others, you know, they're still investing. Uh, in Pennsylvania, so, so over there, because of the capital investment requirements, I would think there's a lot of potential. Here in Pennsylvania, um, I would say it's about 50-50, maybe a little less of people who are meeting the requirements because, because acquisition costs count. A lot of these projects are more heavily the acquisition than they are the renovation. But there certainly are you know, renovations. The one I talked about in uh, the ones in Reading are certainly are, are, are being renovated substantially. I don't know if it meets the test. Uh, the one in Bethlehem is a you know $25 million project. Unquestionably, they're building a, a large uh, recreational uh, uh, facility for, for Lehigh University and the surrounding community. Um, so I think that, what you're what alluding to there is that some of the projects that you're working on would, would be eligible because they would meet the substantial improvement test for QOZ purposes. Yes. And some of them... It's more of a capital intensive um, acquisition and less renovation. So they might be eligible for the credits and not eligible for QOZs. Correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. What about the reverse in, in terms of, you know, if we're looking at a project where we know it's eligible for QOZs, 
um, how often are those, how often are the QOZ eligible projects, assuming they're in the right geographic location for the other program, going okay. to be eligible for the state programs? Good question. So the answer is for this Pennsylvania Enterprise Zone program, it would be all of them if they're located in an enterprise zone or in a main street or a keystone community. Allentown's another one I forgot to mention. Um, it would be all of them because if they're making, you know, the, 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 the enterprise zone credits, main street credits, whatever you want to call them, their neighborhood assistance enterprise zone credits are based on acquisition and, and renovation costs. Now, I shouldn't say all of them because as you told me yesterday, Leigh, like uh, equipment also counts. So equipment doesn't count. I mean, it's improvements to the property itself, permanent improvements, not equipment. So if it's renovations, unquestionably. So I would say almost all of them if they're in those zones. In New Jersey, um, you know, again, it would depend where they are. If they're, uh, no, I'm sorry, it would, New Jersey, I would think almost all of them would qualify. But again, you have to wait and see what the new program is going to look like. Okay, okay, so it's really just a question primarily of comparing your maps. Yep. Correct. Okay, that's great. Um, and so, you know, one more question from me is that um, you, men you mentioned transferring credits, yep. um, and we know you help broker credits, so this is sort of a leading question, but if, if a business is eligible for and receives the credits um, and they exceed what that business can use, is that effort wasted? Should they have, you know, is that a situation where they shouldn't have bothered getting the credits or can they monetize it? Great question. So both in both states, and this is our business and this is why we're involved for the most part, is these are transferable credits, which means that if your uh, tax liability exceeds your, um, uh, if your credits exceed your tax liability for that given year, you're able to uh, transfer and thus sell the excess credits to a third party. And we have a number of companies and, and or anybody could go out and and sell them if, if they're, that's something that they'd like to try to do. But big companies like Apple and Nestle and Verizon, you know, buy these things in bulk at a discount. Uh, discounts range from, you know, 5% to 10% that they purchase it at. Uh, you know, we charge, we, if there's a broker there, charge a fee. So, you know, anybody would be looking to get in the, you know, uh, mid 80s to low 90s on these credits. So they're, they're very valuable. So. Wonderful. Um, well, those are all of the questions that I had, unless there's uh, something else you want to add. No, that's about it. Uh, you know, again, anytime, if any of you are looking and saying, hey, we have a project, is it something that would qualify based on, we give, you know, a ton of free information, probably like you guys do, right? Because ultimately yeah. we hope that it leads to a project that somebody gets credits that they sell. So please feel free uh, to, to contact me anytime uh, about a project. So. And um, Mike's email is mikem at mvmgrants.com, and we included a link to Mike's website in our invitation, so anyone who has that can uh, get in contact with Mike, or you can send him an email. And with that, thank you for joining, and hopefully the, that we're hoping that in two weeks we will have another set of proposed regulations to tell you about. Great. Um, so stay tuned. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, guys. Okay, bye.